0: i got a word for you today, and um, it's entitled, From Lamb to Lion, From Lamb to Lion. So if you've got your Bibles, get them ready. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures, quite a few. I think I gave the tech team almost two pages of scriptures, but, uh, oh yeah, I was going to set a timer here. Pastor Barclay, he, he does a timer on his and his. Uh, I think it plays uh, taps when his timer goes off. I'm not going to do that, but anyway, it's always funny. Well, um, this week, and I think last Sunday was actually the first Sunday of Advent. It's four Sundays prior to Christmas, but certainly this is the first week of Advent. And I asked my staff this week, what does Advent mean to you? And uh, one of them said it means chocolate! Chocolate! And I was like, I had never heard that before. I just never knew that that was a part of Advent. But I'm thinking it's a part that I really like, and I think maybe we ought to incorporate that, Diane, into our Christmas tradition. (laughs) Chocolate in Advent. That's pretty cool. Advent is a word that can be used in a general sense and in a very specific sense. And when it's used in a general sense, it's usually with a, a lowercase a, And it means a coming into place, a view, or or an arrival, okay? Um, The advent of the church on Sunday morning, the arrival of all the people on Sunday morning. However, if it's used with an uppercase A, it's always in reference to the coming of Christ. And although we're not a liturgical church, so we don't. Celebrate Advent in that liturgical sense, like some of the other churches, the Catholic and Presbyterian, Lutheran, and many of the others, I think it's something that we need to keep an eye on and have an understanding of. Today, I want to talk to you about the three meanings of Christ's coming that are described in Advent. It's almost, in a way, in a way I want to say to you that there's three comings, three advents of Christ. Now, don't get... Don't go on tilt in your doctrinal stuff about isn't there two, isn't there three, com- what, what's there two, was there half a dozen comings of the Lord? No, but in the sense of this, the first time that the arrival took place is something we're celebrating in this season It happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus came into the world. He grew up and, and, and lived as a young man. He ministered for about three and, a, three and a half years and died on a cross to restore our fellowship with Father God. We celebrated that in the communion this morning. The second advent or the second coming of Christ can happen when you invite Christ to come into your heart and live in your heart to reside inside of you, the Spirit of God residing inside of you. That's an important advent as well. And then, of course, the third will happen in the future as Jesus comes back to the earth, uh, not as, king, not, not as a, a baby, not as a lamb, But as a king and as the lion, he came the first time as a lamb, and he's going to come this last time as the lion of the tribe of Judah. John chapter 1, verse 29 says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he comes the second time into your heart. And he comes in this case to live inside of your heart as your Savior and as your Redeemer, We can see that in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 26, where it says, I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer. And he's coming the third time as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to this next coming of this Lord. (coughs) Excuse me, this next advent of the Lord. Revelation 5, 5, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Amen. Amen. And because he prevails, we prevail as well. Excuse me. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. That's not water. (laughs) I had a bright idea this Sunday. Every week, Emily and Diane have been coming to church, and they've been bringing me a cappuccino. They bring it to me like five minutes before church is supposed to start, and I chug it down, and then I'm a caffeine-buzzed pastor when I get up here. And I thought, well, why don't I just put that in my cup and I'll sip it throughout the message, so forgive me if I stop every now and again to enjoy the cappuccino. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the anointing. First advent, the angel Gabriel came and visited a 14-year-old girl from Nazareth named Mary. And he shared with her what was about to happen, and I can't even fathom how blown away This 14-year-old girl must have been, must have felt about hearing the news that she was hearing. In Luke chapter 1, you can turn there, Luke chapter 1. Verse 26, I'm going to start there. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end And Mary said to Joseph uh, to the angel How can this be since I'm a virgin And the angel answered and said to her The Holy Spirit Will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and for that reason the holy child shall be called the son of god that was a day that probably rocked her world and the angel gabriel shows up but she submitted to it and 9 months later in a cattle stall in bethlehem she gave birth to the son of god and named him yeshua the name that we've come to know him uh, having is the name Jesus. He grew up probably a lot like uh, many other Jewish boys his age. Something different happened around the age of 12 when he astonished and astounded the, uh, the priest and the scribes in the temple as he was answering questions and asking questions that were just way beyond his age. Nothing's recorded of, about him during that time until he shows up at the Jordan River. And he shows up there to be baptized um, by, by his cousin, John the Baptist. And that's in John. So if you'll turn over to John with me, let's read that occasion. We've gotten used to what that's all about, right? Bow your heads with me for a minute. Father, we... Th- Thank you that you watch over every single thing in our life, and this morning together as the church, we join our hearts together in concert to say we curse COVID-19 to die in Jesus' name. May it not just be a vaccine that helps heal, but may the disease itself die in Jesus' name. We curse the demonic activity that is trying to disrupt our nation and disrupt the world and to turn us into a socialist society. And we just curse that in Jesus' name. We also, Lord, prayed with all of our hearts for all of those that are sick with coronavirus or in the hospital with it or have been affected by it, whether having been sick or whether they have lost a loved one. We thank you, Lord, that you care about everything in Jesus' name. Amen. One But read verse 26 through 29. Jesus, excuse me, John answered them saying, "I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is He." who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Interesting title. Why would John call his, his cousin Jesus, Yeshua, why would he call him the Lamb of God? Well, that's very important, not just for us today, but even for the time that it took place because the system of religion was a sacrificial system. That's where they sacrificed every year on the Day of Atonement. They would sacrifice a lamb uh, to God, and, and they would do that in atonement for their sins. The blood of that lamb would then be spread on the, uh, the doorpost and the lintel across the top of the doorpost. And it was, at that time, it was called the Passover lamb. And it was something that was invoked um, when the children of Israel were liberated from bondage in Egypt, uh, recorded in Exodus chapter 12. And now they don't, to my knowledge, spread the blood over the the mantle uh, these days because there's something else that has happened. Because in Christianity, the Passover lamb is considered to have already been fulfilled in the crucifixion and in the death of Jesus Christ, who was given the title the Lamb of God, so the correlation is that Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. He became the ultimate Lamb of God, so that there didn't. So, aren't aren't you glad that we don't have a sacrificial system today? Yes. Uh, it would be pretty messy in the church, right? But Jesus took we we the timing of all. This was the message I had written for last week. But God knew that it was supposed to be this week because of everything that we're doing right now. Jesus is the ultimate, final sacrifice and atonement for sin, dying on the cross of Calvary for all mankind. John chapter 3, verse 16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Jesus... His first advent was coming to the earth as the Lamb of God. His second advent, and I believe there will be some, whether here today or whether online, who you need to have that second advent, the Lord coming to live in your heart. That's what that is. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and Redeemer, He comes and He lives inside of your heart. Now, I don't know how that happens. I mean, I know that I know all the scriptural things that you do to make, but I don't. Some people, what do you mean? He lives in my heart. I don't know. He's just there. I don't know how. I don't have to know how it happens, and, and where's he at in there? And is he from head to toe, or is there just a little section? Or no, he is inside. of His spirit comes to live inside of me to empower me to help me to guide me, to comfort me, to lead me. I don't need to know the wise, right? I just need to know that it has happened. Isaiah 49, 26, I the Lord am your savior and I am your redeemer. Now, what's a savior? A savior is someone who saves. Boy, that was deep, wasn't it? It's someone who rescues, someone who delivers. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we went into Psalm 103 about how he redeemed my life from the pit, pit meaning destruction. He redeemed my life. He saved me. I don't know about you, but he rescued me from destruction. Right? And if I have, uh, if I know theologically all the answers as to how all that works inside, I don't need to know. I just know He saved me from sin. He saved me from destruction. He brought me up out of the mire clay and set my feet on a firm foundation. Amen? That's all I need to know. We get all caught up in so much head knowledge sometimes. The word redeemed has. A couple of different definitions, which I think is very cool. In theology, which of course is the study of God, it's to redeem is to deliver from sin and to deliver from the consequences of that sin. How many know how many know all sin has consequences? Right? And, and and that delivery from sin and its consequences has taken place because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as the lamb of god are you with me sounds a little familiar here's a couple other definitions to buy or pay off redeem; to buy or pay off to clear by payment you know diane and i've been working really really hard to get our mortgage completely paid off we're getting very close and we look forward to that day where we see the documents come in it says paid in full that be a good that's a good feeling, right? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 says for you were bought with a price. Isn't it amazing that we use our Christianity so loosely and we don't even realize that we're not our own, we belong to him. He bought us with a price and the price was what? The price was his son on the cross of Calvary. He bought us with a price. First Corinthians 7 23, God paid a high price for you. There are no, no cheap imitations in God's house. He paid a high price for all of us. Amen. Another definition of this word redeem, which I think is really cool, is to obtain or a release. To obtain a release or to obtain restoration by paying a ransom. By paying a ransom. First Peter 1, 18 through 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Hello! The acorn don't fall far from the family tree, does it? Yet he redeemed me. He ransomed me from, if I was to be still connected so deeply to all of my past and all of my family history in the past and all the dysfunction of all that, I would still be a royal mess and not be standing before you today. But he paid a ransom to rescue me from all of that. Think about it. Think about it and it was not paid with mere gold or silver in first peter it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value it was paid with the precious blood of christ the sinless spotless lamb of god that's what we're celebrating today as we take the communion we hear the songs that are put together and just all that god is doing another one that's really cool and the scripture that i'm going to use for it. you might go What's the connection of that scripture? But the other definition, one, one was, of course, to buy payoff, clear payment, to obtain a release, a rest, restoration by paying a ransom. And then the last definition is to recover by payment to satisfy the debt owed. To recover by payment to satisfy the debt owed. Aren't you glad... That God doesn't reward you based on who you are. If I had to, pay, I couldn't pay the debt. You can't pay the debt. The debt of responsibility of sin, none of us can atone for that. We can't, no amount of religious act- activity, no amount of church membership, no amount of tithing, no amount of church attendance is gonna cover that for you. And for me, the only thing that's going to do it is Jesus Christ. And we had a profound moment together remembering, right, what Jesus had done for you. But here's the scripture. John 19, verse 30. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, when the Lord led me to that passage of scripture, I began to think, well, what's that got to do with satisfying the debt owed? This is very interesting. Get ready, because I have that Greek word that I gave you a little earlier. <laughs> so it's, it is finished in the Greek is the Greek word tell tetelstai. Tetelstai. That's the Greek word. Now, it's an interesting word because what this Greek word means, and it's, it's a term that actually is a legal term that was used on some legal documents they found in the, from the first century that this word tetelstai was used in legal contracts during the first century. And, and, and it indicated what I was talking about with like the mortgage. Paid in full. That's the word tetelstai, the Greek word that has been translated, it is finished. It also means paid in full. Full, stamped with the blood of Jesus Come on somebody That's pretty powerful and a very good thing It's true and available for all of us Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness Which stood against us and condemned us He has taken it away Nailing it to the cross You see we, done, we did more this morning than just have communion we remembered, and we are remembering what Jesus did at the cross. And I'm, even in this moment, trying to convince you to make that a very personal experience, your personal story. And all of this true is true for every one of us. It's happened, but there's a catch. Here's a catch, y'all. You must receive it. You don't just get it because it was done. You get it because you receive what was done. Okay? You have to receive it. You don't get it by coming to church. You don't get it by just being a good person. No, 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 no. You have to receive it into your heart. That's that second advent that I'm talking about. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come, advent, come into him and dine with him and he with me. Or Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, the one that's used for a salvation call all the time. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. He comes into your heart when you confess him with your mouth. Remember I said, even with the communion, it's also a form of confession before the Lord. Amen? And I wonder, will you receive him today? I dare say, there's somebody who's listening to my voice today, whether it's right here in this room or whether it's online, that you've never made a decision, a conscious conscious decision to say, I accept Jesus Christ into my heart. You're getting an explanation very simply, I believe this morning, of what that means and what it means for him being the Lamb of God who was the atoning sacrifice for you to cover and pay the price for all your sins. I wonder, will you receive him today? But there's a third advent. And the third advent is Jesus is coming back soon, y'all. He's coming back Sooner than you'd think. He came the first time over 2,000 years ago as a baby, the little Lamb of God. He comes the next time when you receive him into your heart as Redeemer and Savior. But he's coming again, and he's coming this next time as the king, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and the word we don't like to associate with him, the judge. Here come the judge. We think of that in a negative connotation when we say that word, but what about when the judge says, innocent, enter in? See, there's a a positive side to that as well. Jesus is coming back very soon, and my friends, that's the third advent. The third coming of Christ. The signs of the time absolutely indicate this to be true. You would have to be sticking your head in the sand to not know that we are living in the last of the last days. The Lord is coming soon. All the stages set for all of the things to begin to happen. Many of them have probably already started happening, and some some that we haven't even recognized yet. Scriptures proclaim this to not be true but just to be evident. If there was ever a time for you to have your heart right, heart right means I've welcomed welcomed him into my heart to live as my Savior and my Redeemer. This is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Revelation 1, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, Behold, he is coming with clouds, coming as Advent, And every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then Revelation 22, 7, Behold, I come quickly. Revelation 22, verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. What has your work been? And even if all your work has been good, but you've never received Jesus into your heart, you don't qualify. Good works don't do it. We do good works because we're redeemed and born again, and Christ lives inside of us. They are a result of the salvation that you have, but they are not your salvation. There's only one way, beloved. And that is to say the sinner's prayer, accept Christ into your heart, and begin the journey of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I dare say there's some that are listening to my voice today, whether here or online, who have never, ever given their lives to Jesus. But I also dare say that there are some that are here or whether or online that you have given your life to Jesus, but you have gotten so deep into rote activity that it no longer means much to you. You're just a Christian. yee whoop whoop-dee-doo. Everybody's a Christian. Ask anybody. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But are, are you disciples of Jesus Christ? Are you truly believers? Jesus is coming back soon, my friends, and this is the core of our midweek Bible study. Maybe there's a few of you that should make an advent to Bible study on Wednesday night. You know, come to Bible study. So here we are, closing now with four and a half minutes to go on my little 30-minute 30 30 minute timer, trying to preach a 30-minute message. But I ain't in a hurry. This is the first week of Advent. And it ain't about chocolate. As much as we'd like for it to be. Yeah. One beloved saint in the back went, oh. Yeah, and I, found, I didn't realize that, that there was like a board that they'd put up and there were little doors in the board and you reach in the door for each day and there was a chocolate for each day and I'm thinking, how come we never did Advent? Thank you, buy me an Advent board. <laughs> you got hey, you get six to make up, hallelujah. <laughs> and if I know my Jesus who paves his street with gold, it's going to be some of the good chocolate, not some of the bad chocolate. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the anointing, here we are in the season of Advent, and it's not about trees. Although, didn't Emily do a fantastic job Christmas decorating? I mean, wow. When you see her later, I think she's probably in children's church. When you see Emily run around later with five little kids, uh, stop for a minute and say thank you for the decorations and all the hard work that she did for that. But So it's not about the tree. It's not about the presents, though we like presents, Right? You love presents. I love presents too. Amen. I love all the uh, trimmings of Christmas and food, and (laughs) apparently now with the chocolates. But you know what? For many, the outlook of hope and peace is pretty grim. That's the way it looks for some. Our shared experience of the pandemic of 2020 is not going to be forgotten easily. There are places, fortunately, in the name of Jesus, it hasn't happened in Michigan yet. But There are places that are forbidding families to leave their homes to celebrate Christmas, and you can only celebrate Christmas with the family who lives in your home. Everything about it, years and years ago, it was about... Oh, they quit calling it Christmas and just put an X there and took Christ out of it. And some people thought, well, isn't that cute? And others thought, oh, okay, well, I, yeah, I don't like that, but whatever. It's just, it's, we were, we're not going to easily forget how 2020 has been. And as this unforgettable year is drawing to a close, and yeah, hello, I can't even believe it. It's almost 2021, coming right around the corner. We hope cautiously for a return to normal in some way, shape, or manner, in a sense of what makes normal daily life evolve from moment to moment, and I know that that's relative from family to family, but our our common longing to return to a, a normal life grows stronger, When the economic outlook, the health outlook, the social impacts that we see right and left continue to take a downward spiral, there's still, I think, a longing in each of us for something upward, something upward. Oh, yeah, that the world would be made anew. And it will someday, but not in this lifetime. There will be a new world, a new heaven a new earth all the things that will happen at the lord's third advent his final coming and will your name be written in the lamb's book of life will it be there will it will it have been there but been erased heaven forbid So time and time again, the Word of God reminds us of the faithfulness of God. I am so grateful for the, th- the faithfulness of God. His faithfulness knows no limits whatsoever. God remains faithful, even in, despite my, my big or small failures, or your big or small failures. Father God remains faithful to you. He remains faithful to you. He remains faithful to you, no matter what. In the Gospels, Jesus urges his disciples with the very clear, stark, and distinct warnings, be watchful, be alert, stay awake, be ready, be prepared. And as we prepare now to leave one year behind us, many of you are like, I'm already over it, 2020, out of here. And we pray that there's an upward swing to 2021, but don't get your hopes too high, because your hope isn't in the right or the, le- the right or the left. Your hope isn't in the Republican or the Democrat. Your hope isn't in Trump or Biden. Your, hub- your hope isn't in McConnell or Pelosi. Your hope is in Christ, Amen. and in Christ alone, and in Christ alone. May that be our heart, that that's our hope, no matter what happens in the world around us. But are you ready? Are you ready? The Scripture teaches us in Second Corinthians, I think, chapter 10, verse 5, to examine yourself to see if you are, in fact, of the faith. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I'm supposed to be working out my salvation with fear and with trembling. I shouldn't come to this thing like, I got a ticket. I'm in. Let me in. Let me in. I got my ticket. It should be, Lord, I, I believe I have a ticket, Because I accepted you into my heart, I bow before you in submission. May I just hear your words that say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. We can come boldly before the throne of grace, but we do so in humility. So it may be difficult to leave behind the anxieties of the past, the fears, the turmoil of this past year. But as the new year approaches, I want you to consider having a new adventure. A new adventure. Isn't it interesting that the word adventure, the first part of that word is advent. I want to have a new adventure. And not a new adventure with society, but a new adventure with Christ. I want to have a new adventure with you. I want to have a new adventure with this church. We can approach this new year with the idea of advent. Every day is a box of chocolates, and you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Oh, praise God. He comes in the second advent when we invite him to come into our lives and receive him as Savior and Redeemer to walk with us, to empower us, to live a life of victory. Those are the results of that, and soon this third advent will be coming, and, and i And it's going to be good news for all those who have received him in regards to the second advent. And I'm going to bring the message to a close right there. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? You see, a church service has certain points. You open, you sing songs, you talk about the offering. You pray, you preach the word, you give an altar call, somebody gets saved, so forth and so on. But I do not want this occasion of an altar call to simply be the mechanical part of the service. If there was ever an opportunity for you to set your heart right with God, that opportunity is before you right now, right here examine yourself. Even in the communion that we took earlier, it said that we should examine ourselves. And what is that about? Making sure that my heart is right with God. When he comes again as the lion of the tribe of Judah and king and judge, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to separate the uh, the wheat from the tare. And Matthew chapter 3 verse 12 says his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In the metaphor of it, are you wheat or are you chaff? Wheat would be a human being living their very best to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Chaff, would be a human being proclaiming to be a Christian but not living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. What are you? Who are you? I don't answer that question for you. But friends, he is coming soon. Not a one of us has a guarantee of life tomorrow morning. And I'm not trying to scare you into an altar call. I don't do that. I used to make the joke back when I was here for youth ministry and the, I, I was just kind of enamored by all the sugar beet trucks that would drive by and you'd see sugar beets along the side of the road. And I said, you know, what if you left this church service this morning and a sugar beet truck drove by and a beet came off that truck and hit you in the back of the head and you're dead? I know that's probably a crazy analogy, but the point is you never know. Are you ready? Are you going to say, oh, I'll do it next week? I got some things to get in order in my life first. No, friend, make it today. Make it today that you'll accept Christ into your heart. Make it today, prodigal son or daughter, where you say, I return to my Lord today. Make it today that you are ready for Advent. Ready to receive him as the Lamb of God to wash away your sins. Ready for him to come live into your life as Redeemer and Savior and ready for his next coming when he comes as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And you will have nothing to worry about because you know that your heart is right with God. If you need to get your heart right with God, I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand. And I just want to pray with you. God bless you. There's one Anybody else that will join this one? You can put your hand down after you've raised it. Anybody else? I need to get my heart right with God. Anyone else? Yes, dear, I see you. God bless you. It's okay, you don't have to understand. I, I told you a minute ago, I don't understand everything about it. I'm learning as I go. You don't have to understand everything about it. You just have to come to that point where you go, I I can't do this on my own. I need you, God. I I receive you. There's two. I want to wait. Is there anybody else? God bless you, dear. I saw your hand. Online, if you're out there right now and you need this, I know I can't see your hand, but I think you can hit the hand button or something on the YouTube thing that shows up the team that's watching out for you. Got three, three people. Anybody else here in the room that says, I don't wanna leave today without having been a participant of this prayer time? All right, here's what I'm gonna do because I I truly believe that this is between you and God. Yes, you do need to confess with your mouth. Yes, you do need to believe in your heart. So it's not just a private thing, it's also a public confession, but in this moment, I've, I've, I know the three of you that raised your hand. And I'm asking ask everybody else in the house to close their eyes now and bow their head for a minute. Let's give God honor in this moment. And the three of you who raised your hand, would you look at me? If you raise your hand, look at me right now. Do you mean it? Do you mean it? Do you mean it? Is it a return to get things back in order for you? Is it a first time or, or it's a first time? Wow, praise God first time for you wow praise god hallelujah thank you jesus two people who are saying it's the first time i want to i want to truly accept jesus into my life one who's saying i just need to regroup i need to reboot i need to get things back in line so all three of you keep looking at me i'm praying for you in jesus name that you have a reboot in your relationship with jesus and it becomes alive again comes alive again. It's not some old thing that was just handed down to you by a wonderful mom and daddy, but it's something that's yours. Today, you're accepting Christ into your heart. This is the beginning of your journey. You have around you a church that cares for you. And I'm so grateful for you accepting Christ into your heart today. I want you to keep coming. I want you to look forward to getting baptized and learning more about Jesus Christ. This is the beginning of your true life today. And you, darling, God bless you for accepting Christ today. This is something between you and him. Just like I talked about the communion a few minutes ago, although we do it corporately together as a very individual experience, you're having an individual experience right now. This is your moment. At this moment when you confess Jesus and and receive him into your heart he comes to live inside of Him. he washes away all the stuff all the past all the junk whatever there may be that's holding holding you down so we're all going to say this prayer together now are you ready Heavenly Father forgive me of my sins I believe in you I receive you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior I will do my best by your power to live my life the way that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout and a praise in the house today. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Well, this has been a grand time. I'm not even sure, oh, it's 1230. Pretty close to being right on on time. A couple of little announcements, and then I'm going to send you out with a blessing. We have Wednesday night Bible study where we're talking about the coming of the Lord. We're going through revelation, and it's a very powerful time. And so I made a little bit of a joke that only I found funny apparently, that maybe some of you ought to make an advent to Wednesday night and come, come be with us. I wanted you to, write, to remind you that every single morning there is an available for you a small devotional that Steve and Deanna are doing called 714 Prayer. I started that a few years ago, and they're doing that and doing a fantastic job. You just need a seed of encouragement on the day. I encourage you to get to YouTube and get connected to that. Next Sunday, the 13th, we are going to have another baby dedication. I'm excited about that. And then on the 20th, the next Sunday, is actually what we will be using as our Christmas Sunday. And all of our children will be here in the room with us, and we're just going to make it a big family Sunday, and we'll gather together. Amen. And then finally, the Christmas candlelight service on Christmas Eve uh, it's first come, first serve. I'm not sure if there's even any tickets available uh, left for you, but I'm going to do my best if we have to open up the, the wall there and put out some additional seating to make seating for everybody that comes and still keep the social distancing. Amen. Would you stand with me today? A couple of you have uh, came and brought uh, uh, prayer cloths. I've been anointing them during the service. I want to speak a blessing over you. It's been over thousands of years ago, God spoke to Moses and he spoke to Aaron and he said, speak these words over my people. And he says, when you do, I'm going to place my name upon them and I'm going to bless them. And it's pretty pretty much become known as a, a regular church benediction, but lists don't receive it today as a regular church benediction. May you receive it that as I speak these words over you, God is putting his name on you, and he is going to bless you. Can you receive it like that? Here it is. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. I call you blessed. We'll see you this week, Wednesday night. Make an Advent to midweek service. Love you. God bless you. Come get your prayer cloths.